Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, Elsie. Hello, Miss Jess. We're Hi. also very close to each other. We're not very quite close. as giggly because we're kind of tired. We're also not looking at each other's eyes. No, we're not. That's when things go awry. No, that is not all right. So, yeah, yes. we're at PodFest. And so, hi. Hello. Can't wait to share this episode because we did a very rare but fun interview. Yes, we did. Do you want to explain who we were talking to? Yes, we were talking with Officer Mike Byers, who is an officer of the law. Officer Mike. Officer Mike. Uh, we decided to have a conversation about him uh, and uh, cyber safety, cyber security, mm-hmm. uh, even, not even cyber safety, even safety period without having it be cyber, like in real life stuff. Yeah, a little bit of real life, a little bit of cyber safety, a little bit of how do we keep our fans at bay so they don't freak us out kind of stuff. And um, safety and having, you know, online fans as well as just people you don't want to talk to anymore, exactly. people that are intruding on your life. So it was super interesting. It was. And I and just. He was a pl- Pleasant guy and kind of funny. And kind of, and kind of funny. Do you hear that, guys? Not as funny as me. Not, as funny. not as funny as Jess. But I just want to give you guys a really quick uh, background on Mike. He, uh, officer Mike Byers, you know, he's been a police officer for the past 23 years. He's basically in California. Uh, he's been serving with honor, integrity, and pride. Uh, and he's been working, you know, in three years. <laughs> Instead of the opposite, which is embarrassment, dishonor, <laughs> and no integrity. And no integrity whatsoever. <laughs> Uh, but he's not like that. No. So, um, you know, he's been working in law enforcement. He is now actually a senior police officer with his current agency. Mm-hmm. Mike has experience working on assignments such as corrections, patrol, SWAT, bike patrol, university resource officers, and the field training officer program. Um, and he's currently assigned to patrol division. But what makes him different, too, is that he's totally into social media. And, and websites. And building websites. That was crazy. Yeah, he builds so, tons of websites. And he's got all these certifications. So he's got advanced social media training from the L.A. County Sheriff's Department, Glendale Police Department, Mountain View Police Department, the Federal Emergency Management Association. Oh, that's FEMA. So the National <laughs> Disaster Training Center, University of Hawaii. And um, he also is certified in the use of social media by the California Peace Officer Standards and Training, POST Post. POST Post. That's a so great So he's Bobby Big Deal he in is the cybersecurity world. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, that's it. So. Hope you guys enjoy it. Give enjoy. us some feedback as always. And we sound a little different because we're recording on the iPhone, yeah. on my iPhone outside at the pool area at the yeah. conference over at Podfest, which you'll get the scoop yeah. next week. So now you I'm guys can go get push Elsie in. in the pool. Yeah, no. Well, thank you so much for um, you know being on the show. This is awesome. Woohoo. I'm I'm extremely excited. <laughs> we have so many questions for you. It's crazy. I am ready. I, I know. And I, I sometimes well, sometimes I get a little scared because I'm like, uh, oh, man, I don't know what's going to be thrown at me. And as a police officer, we are asked a lot of questions. I mean, you got to be quick on your feet. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, that's crazy. I know from. from yeah. yeah. Anyway, do you always do you ever not have your police officer hat on? Like, it, you know, it, I mean, right now you kind of do because that's why we have you on the show. But. Is there a time where you're just not filtering or do you always filter now? You know what? I've got to tell you, when I began my career, they would always talk about, 
you know, you have to have your downtime, you have to have your your time away from the job. But the problem is, is in law enforcement today with so many things going on in the country and you really can't, you, you cannot take the hat off uh, from family members calling with questions to a bunch of crazy women asking me to be on their podcast and asking, <laughs> you know, it's, that must it, be a rough life. <laughs> I know. No, I, but no, I, I, and here's what's happened ever since I've gotten into social media and podcasting and doing some live stream video, I'm now a profile out there. So no, I'm a police officer 24 <laughs> seven. I mean, there's, there's no way around it. And so what I've done is I've learned to just embrace it and just do the best job I can do. Right. So look at that. Job. So you don't separate your online personality from your personality anymore. You're just always you. Yeah. And, and you know what I have, I'm actually going to talk about that uh, of how business people or anybody that's doing anything on social media, if that's where your bread and butter is, and that's where you're marketing yourself or you're creating content or whatever, you're going to have to throw yourself out there everywhere. Just put yourself out there because eliminate the inquisitiveness or the searching by those who have ulterior motives, eliminate that, put it out there, have your profiles and then your private side. Okay. That's, you know, like I said, further on into the show, I'll talk about. I think what you're saying is don't be a mystery. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. It's probably not safe. Right. If you put it right out in front of them and there's nowhere to dig and this must be your Facebook page or this must be your Instagram account. There it is. Hmm. That's really smart. (laughs) Yeah. Put it out right in front of them. I, I see in law enforcement, Technically, for so many years, we did not talk to the public at all without uh, getting clearance from the department and or you were a public information officer with authorization from the chief of police to distribute information. And on our social media accounts, you were not allowed at all to say who you are or who you work for or talk about the job on your personal social media. And there's still some administrators that do believe in that. However, we are at a time where, look, everybody knows I'm a police officer and everybody knows from the amount of social media I do, it's very easy to find out what police department I work for. All you do is type in officer Mike Byers in Google and you're going to know the department I work for. So we've kind of had to change the game a little bit and they know that we're going to use social media, but now they have a little bit more uh, leeway. However, they still have to make sure that they are representing the profession, their agency, in a positive light. So just because you're on social media and we've loosened those strings up does not mean as a police officer you can go on there and start bad-mouthing different races, different sexes, uh, talking negatively about people. You can't do that. Well, really, that's any job. Who would want right. to keep any of those people employed? Right, but how many times have we seen that? Regardless exactly. of the profession, have we exactly. seen people go and make some really poor choices on social media? And look, they end up to be president. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. All right. So, um, what, speaking of social media stuff, though, what you know? How how did you get into the cyber side of things as a police officer? Uh, back in. No, how did you just get into it in general? What made you interested in exploring social media as either part of a career or whatever? There's just not a lot of police officers that care about tweeting and Facebook and that kind of stuff in general. So about 10 years ago, like what were you doing that made you decide to start incorporating it? Right. So 
uh, it was actually in 2012, my chief of police who has since retired, he knew that I built websites on the side and he came to me and he said, listen, I want you to go ahead and build us a website and we're going to break away from the city's website, which is totally taboo and not a lot of police departments can do that. So he gave him those instructions and he said something like, um, oh, and by the way, look into this thing, social media and (laughs) see what that's all about. And I'll be honest, I had no clue. I had no accounts. I knew nothing about social media and I could not understand why anybody would. I knew like on Facebook, like I'd watch my wife using it and okay, so somebody checked in at this restaurant and is telling everybody what they're eating. Oh, okay. I don't get it, but if that's what they want to do, fine. (laughs) And so I started looking into it and it took us a year. Uh, Now I had the website built very quickly. However, in the, in the world of government, the wheels turned very slow. So it took from, uh, you know, January of 2013 to December of 2013 to finally get approval from oh city manager, the city council. Uh, there was debates back and forth. Uh, you know, how are we going to handle this? What if it, you know, what if this happens? What if that happens? All, you know, all the potential scenarios. And, you know, I was very fortunate that my chief stood by his decision and he said, look, I entrust Mike and I know the quality of work he does. Let's just put it up and watch what happens. So we launched on January 1 of 2014. We had no idea what was going to happen in in 14 days later because on January 15th, we had a major wildfire impact right above our city where homes were threatened, uh, mandatory evacuations were ordered. And keep in mind, I had established the accounts on social media, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, but I did not have a lot of experience. And... I got thrust and I actually wrote a white paper on it called Baptism by Fire and I got thrust into it and I started tweeting from that morning and I just started pushing out tweets and Facebook and videos and I just pushed and pushed and pushed and it was getting gobbled up so much that our local KBC7, um, that's the local ABC station here, I was pushing out so much good content that they changed the stream on their bottom of there because we were giving – so much information and so relevant and there was such great content coming from there. They couldn't compete with it. They just said, you know what? Just put their stream up. And then I just got hooked. I got hooked. But like I said, I got baptism by fire. I was sitting in this emergency operations center for three days straight, probably got about four hours of sleep per night because there was also this personal side that I knew that there were people that were evacuated from their homes and they were relying on my every word. It affects people. So I had a commitment, a personal commitment. And they always say in our profession, we can't get personal. Ah, okay, yeah. Yeah, I understand on a lot of things we're not supposed to. But when you're dealing with people's lives and their comfortability and the unknown, you have to put yourself in, what if that was my mom and dad and they were displaced? I would want that the, the police officer that's distributing information on the other side to care just as much. And yeah. you just have to think about that. And we had, you know, we had a, um, I remember distinctly, we had somebody that, that their parents had to get medication and there was mandatory evacuations. Nobody was being allowed back into that area. And I replied back on social media. And I said, you know what, just stay connected to us here on Twitter. Let me make some phone calls. And I was able to get an officer to meet them at the entrance, escort them back over to their home so they could get their medications and get them back. The value that that provided And the reputation of our department skyrocketed Mm -hmm. just off of that simple, mere human interaction through social media. 
But let me go back a little bit to the websites. Like you're a police officer, but you're like tinkering with websites on the side. How did you get into that? Are you just a natural tinker and fool or <laughs> did you have a need for someone else to have a website and they just and you volunteered to do it? Hold on. Hold on one second. Um, yeah. Find out who this uh, Jesse is. Yeah. She just called me a fool. OK. <laughs> thank, you. Yeah, thank you. OK. Bye, guys. All right. Sorry about that. Um, yes. I uh, obviously you could tell I have a sense of humor, Jessica. But uh, mm-hmm. yes, I, Yay! I just kind of started building websites and. And then I got really sick of seeing the cheesy websites out there, and I've just craft honed my craft. I've built the police department's website. I've built, obviously, our podcast's website. No, and- but I want to go back to the first time you were just like, you know what? I can build one of those. Like, yeah, made- yeah. What made you just start it in the first place? Was there well, any- I, I was intrigued. I was intrigued with – I guess there's a psychology to it. Like how – well, there's psychology and a technology. Uh, technological side, I needed to conquer it because I was uh, really upset at the fact that I couldn't figure out. I use a platform called Joomla, which is the competitor of, I guess, WordPress. My lord. Yes. So Joomla can be difficult, and I was getting a little upset with the fact that I couldn't conquer it. And so I just, I just, I'm one of those people that I'll sit on the couch for 20 hours if I can't figure out why I can't get the eye to line up <laughs> right on the same axis as the other words, right? You're a guy with a light bulb that doesn't work, and then you just read everything until you're basically an electrician. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and if saying. I have to, and if I have to tear down the entire house to track down why that light bulb switch will not go, I will. And then I'll just rebuild the whole house. That's all. Yeah, that's yeah. So <laughs> that's fun and that's exciting. Exactly. That's why his yeah. stuff is so slick. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. That's the technical side. On the on the psychological side, I find it very intriguing. What captivates people? to stay on a website. And, you know, I don't know if you're familiar. Have you ever heard of the Weibo effect or the Weibo formula? No. No. Okay, so there is a formula uh, from some Chinese scientists that they pretty much came up with this formula for what keeps people on websites. And they basically said, look, if you can keep somebody on a website past, uh, first of all, if you can keep somebody on your website for eight seconds, you're doing really good. You're doing really good. If you can keep them... Uh, and if you do have them at eight, the likelihood you can keep them into 20 now has just compounded, and which means your content, if you can figure out somebody scrolling for 20 seconds on your homepage or clicking on pages, if your content can maintain those people uh, on there for 20 seconds, the likelihood they're going to stay on your site for even more uh, of a greater time or find what they're looking for is, is again, compounded. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but the bottom line is this. The Weibo formula says you got to captivate people within eight seconds. And the goal is to keep them there for 20. Yeah. So, no, they, so, yeah, there's a whole science to keeping people online and having right. them engage in what you want to engage them in and not what they want to do. Right. Um, that's interesting. So, but I mean, it all, it's all like psychographics and yeah, that stuff is fascinating. Right. And think about some of the greatest, uh, the websites most frequently visited out there or that have a lot of traffic. They have very minimal word wording. It's almost minimalist. You know, go to the Apple website. They don't have a lot of words, but they have a way to get their message across. Mm -hmm. So doing that, the psychological side of the website, I, I am very intrigued with and I, That's where I hone my craft, I guess. So I noticed that you also have like lots of social media training and certifications. And 
like I was intrigued by that because I was like, I don't know of any social media training and certifications. And then I noticed that all of the it says you're certified in the use of social media by California police officer standards, L.A. County Sheriff's Department, Glendale Police Department. And I was like, well, wait a minute. Why do they have social media certification when, again, most police officers and law enforcement's like they don't really do a lot of online stuff. So how are they training you? You should be training them. <laughs> OK, don't. Don't tell anybody, but but I am now. I do. <laughs> it actually has flip flopped, and that's what you know on law enforcement social. My other my other website. That's what we do is we teach uh, our nation's police officers and police departments how to properly and effectively use social media. Isn't that cool, Jess? Yeah, I know. Awesome. So it's the start- problem is, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to be honest with Somebody you. Somebody does. I, thank God. I, I have no problem throwing this out there because I'm going to throw like most of my profession under the bus. The problem is law enforcement knows that they've got to use it. Those that aren't using it are very still very scared and will not just jump in the pool. Mm-hmm. And and then you have this other faction like our department and the other great departments out there. The Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department does a great job and they have embraced it and it's worked wonders for them. But we still have a majority of our departments who will not embrace it or they have embraced it, but they will not spend the appropriate funding or uh, staffing to keep it going. And I personally, I'm just under the belief. Now, remember, though, I'm cut from a different mold. I'm under the belief this is the greatest community policing tool ever conceived and had the law enforcement agencies that have been in the in the news in a negative light in the last couple of years, had they had social media, they probably could have averted a lot of their problems. Yeah. I'm firm yeah. believe I think that, you know what, the, right. and part of that, the train, the you're, and you're hitting right on there. It's the education and the training and the ability to, because I run, you know, as much as I do, obviously I am online. I also run the online persona of the company that I work for. And there is a distinct difference in the way that I deal with my personal account and my experiences in social media and personally versus the responsibility that I have as the company's voice. And the specifics and the the unique voice that we that we need to as a company come together and say these are the things that can be addressed these are the stock answers like there are absolutely stock answers that i need to say there are some things that i am like not allowed to say or i have found out it is not a good idea to say and but that's taken time and it takes time and engagement to be able to do that and what's tough is that you know anything that you put out there can be used against you you know what i mean oh yeah oh my god there's been so many times where i'm like i have to when i see like a, a post that comes up that I that immediately fires me up and I get angry at the person or I have an emotional response. I usually sit for a while. I kind of take go away. Yeah, I even type responses out that never go out. <laughs> and then, right. And right. then I go, well, thank you so much for your thoughts. I will pass that on. Exclamation point. Right. <laughs> Happy face. Oh, tr- you know trust I mean? me. I'm I have said I've put some stuff out there before where I know I'm riding the edge. I've even Put some stuff out. We're going. Mm-hmm, I'm going to pull that back, even though I know it's probably already out there. Thankfully, nobody has said anything. Uh, but I mean, I'm not perfect, and I'm I I try to do the best I can. And uh, I'll tell you, I 
now I know this might shock you and I hope you're sitting down for this because <laughs> and I hope all your listeners are, are please pull over to the side of the road because I'm going to shock you right now. Uh, there are people that do not like the cops. <laughs> and we get hold some, on, hold on. I know, I know. Take a breather. Um, and we, you want to talk about getting some hate yeah, online? That's true. That's probably yeah. I get beat down every day. We have haters. We have haters that come up with the most bizarre things. And Elsie, like you said, you've got to watch everything you say. For example, I will not say. Um, hey, we have a special message for all our citizens out there. Please use you know this roadway versus. This. I will not use the word citizens. Because there's some idiot out there that doesn't realize that what I'm saying is the people that reside in my community, okay? Uh Oh, they're going to say you're – I know what you're going to say. Yeah, exactly. That you're excluding immigrants. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. Exactly. Great. I wish I like that. But but it's like, are you kidding me? That's what you got out of this message? (laughs) So – I have to be careful with things like that. And uh, last night on on our live stream, uh, uh, we were live stream on Facebook. Uh, I won't say we were podcasting because I heard one episode where Elsie went off the handle on that one. But um, <laughs> listen, we were we were live streaming, and I had said something like, uh, "Oh, we were talking about a, a police officer that went in for pursuit of a robbery suspect, tackled him. He was all in a suit, and I said, "Man, he kicks, you know, but but I used the other word and." And then I said, oh, hold on, hold on. Let, let's clear this all up. The officer did not kick the subjects, but he did a really good job. But it's so silly that we are in that time that, man, there's people out there. The, the minute they get a chance to jump on it, they will. So, yeah, you know, but it's a shame. You know what? For everybody, whether you're whether you're law enforcement, whether you're a business entrepreneur, anybody that's on social media, let me just tell you this. Stand by what you say. Be you. Be who you are. And you know what? When people do hate you and come back with some negative comments or whatever, embrace that. You know why? Because that is a perfect opportunity for you to put your customer service skills, your professionalism, your product, both your tangible product and you as a person. It is a perfect opportunity for you to put that on display for the entire world to see. So when that mm-hmm. person comes and pegs you with, oh, you're talking about all the citizens. Da, da, da. Hey, it's okay to say, oh, I am so sorry. That's what you thought I meant. No, what we were saying is uh, we were just using that as a term. Just be honest and show how genuine and passionate about what you do. And you will gain more respect, followers, and love for your brand then you will get negativity. And at the same time with the with those – and I call them idiots because they are. Um, those idiots don't understand is when they're engaging you in conversation on social media, they're causing all those crazy whatever you want to call them, al- algorithms, the the social media gods, the the firing up of, of all the links and everything. You're, they're giving you traction. They're causing a disturbance, and all that disturbance means <laughs> you're on display, and now all of your responses are beautiful. Sorry, I got on my tangent there. <laughs> no, I'm glad you brought up the idiots and I'm glad you brought this topic up because I'm wondering if you can define like what do you call that when haters are hating, I guess? <laughs> like what is the technical term for that? Like would you call that trolling? Would you call it cyberbullying? Like how does one decipher or do you need to even decipher between trolling freedom of speech, cyberbullying, hate speech, and like how it pertains to your job and what you do. 
Well, I do have a term for them, but I am not allowed to use it except when I'm in a closet and the children are nowhere in the house. Oh, okay. oh I was going to say, it's <laughs> our show. You can say it if you like. Oh, no, ladies. You don't want me to use no. that term. Um, <laughs> so, you know, no, I just, uh, yeah, people call them trolls. Uh, I call them haters. Or my favorite word that uh, one of my lieutenants has been laughing about because I use it a lot now, um, obstructionist. Mm-hmm. When does it become bullying? Is it the same thing? Well, uh, now let me back up. Let me tell you something really unique about my position in social media, and it'll tie into the bowling. A lot of people don't realize, you know, we get people that come onto our pages and they say, hey, why are you letting that guy say that? Or please take that guy off or please ban him. As a government agency, the police department, that page technically is owned by the people because it's paid through taxpayer funds. Now, maybe not directly. Nobody pays for a Facebook page, but you know the person that's running it is a government employee. Therefore, if the page belongs to the people, it's the people's voice, which also means they have First Amendment rights, which also means we can't delete or block people as easily as a private business or a mm-hmm. private person. That makes sense. Yeah. So now, we do classify it as a limited public forum, and there are guidelines that, that have basically uh, been ruled that we can block or delete a person. Like, I'll hide somebody if they come in with really foul language because it's a violation of our terms of service, and it's shocking to the senses, and it can cause a, um, an issue if seen by younger audiences. And since our page is open to younger audiences, we can hide there and then we'll respond back and say, hey, listen, your, your content was hidden. You're more than welcome to re- – even if they're really calling us a lot of bad names, hey, you're more than welcome to rewrite your comment and we value your, your opinion. Uh, just take all the bad words out of it. Uh, the reality is they never do because uh, I think they think like Big Brother has all the satellites lined up on Facebook. We're trying to pinpoint their location because we really, we really have the time and the money to go track down somebody on Facebook that, that called us pigs. So we're limited in that. And so that's cyberbullying. We get bullied all the time. We get mm-hmm. bullied. It's amazing how we get bullied. Now, getting back to, to all these haters. So when you say, is it cyberbullying? Yeah. Yeah, they're bullies. They're cyberbullies. And we're the victims. However, we can't be the bi- victims of cyberbullying in that aspect. No, but but I mean the collective we. We as podcasters, we as citizens, we – all of us, we like oh, we as well, content creators, yeah. like how are we supposed to differentiate between when we're being trolled and when we're being bullied? And like, does it matter for us to differentiate between those things? Uh, well, there's two ways to look at it. Uh, first of all, every every single online cyber safety site, everybody's got their own little definition of cyberbullying. And my this is how I look at it. If an electronic device is used to send messages with which and the intention is to hurt or anger or embarrass another person without their acceptance like like they didn't know this was coming or they're not involved um, in an argument per se uh, then that's cyberbullying and then you have to weigh it into whether uh, it's your company being bullied or you as a person being bullied and uh, and, and so there's there's really one way to to handle that, and that is uh, – well, there's a couple ways. Uh, one is I'm a big proponent of if I threw – Jessica, right now, if I threw – if we were standing across from each other and I threw a tennis ball at you and you caught it, 
and you threw it back at me. Okay, we're engaged in this game. If if I throw a tennis ball at you and it just falls on the ground, the game is no longer interesting for me. And so cyberbullying um, a person, if I'm a big proponent, do not engage, period. Do not engage. Let them do whatever they're doing. Turn the other cheek and drive on. Move on to something else. Same thing with your business. People are going to say negative things all the time. Now, business is a little bit different, though, in the fact that, yeah, you might want to respond out and say, um, hey, I'm sorry that, that you feel that way. Uh, please contact me uh, via however you want to do it, you know, message or email. I'd love to discuss this more and see how I can help you out. Now, cyberbullying, when you think about business, I, I mean, technically, could it be anything to embarrass a company because their product sucks? Um, yeah, but isn't it the consumer's right to voice an opinion about a product, regardless of the language they use? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, how do you, how do you draw that line there? Hmm. Uh, well, I think here, here's, I'm always, I always like companies that when I see them do that same thing and I, and I'm a big proponent of, um, uh, Gosh, I think it's uh, Guy Kawasaki said he uses the amateur boxing rules, and I subscribe to that theory too. You go two rounds with people, period. You know, they say, "Hey, your product sucks," and you go, "Hey, sorry to hear that. You know, we, we'd love to make you feel better about it. Please contact us." No, I'm serious. I hate your product. It sucks. Hey, once again, we'd love to talk with you about this. Please give us a, an email. And then if they come back again, you don't engage them. Period. That's it. That's kind so, of what yeah. I do as well. Um, that's it's sort of like um, I do about three, two, where, okay. it, where it, it, it is exactly like that. You do everything you can to take the conversation to a place where it feels the best for everybody. And if they still don't take it and they continue, then it's time to you just kind of let them go. Right. Let and just to, to, to I, I think what you were asking ask me is it or what you were trying to get from me is how far do you let it go maybe as a company? And also I think, um, I, yeah, I, how far do you let it go? Or is there any point where, um, yeah, like, I mean, are we supposed to be alarmed at a certain point? Like, I mean, everyone makes a big deal about cyber bullies and how to yeah. protect your, you, you know yeah. what I mean? But it's like, what's the difference between bullying and just people being nasty? Like there's really no difference. And so, yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I just think like, you know, cy- when you when you think of cyber bullying, like in my head, I think about teenagers bullying each other. But I know that like listeners bully us and or, you know, podcasters bully each other. And I mean, there's a fine line between stating your opinion and being a bully, especially wow. online, because you don't get to see people bullying, you know, people bully each other in person. You know, there's wedgies and swirlies involved. It's different. <laughs> Right, 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 exactly. So, so like, how are we supposed to, so, like, who do we, t- you know, we're not on the playground anymore, and we don't have, we don't have a teacher to tell. So, okay, like, well, what are we supposed to do, if anything, I guess, is what I'm asking. Okay, well, there, well, okay, let's address first the company side. First of all, if I come to the, if I come to, let's say, your Facebook page, and I see that the last comment about some post is, is uh, just a really raw, angry post, and I see right there that there's 25 other comments, click here to read them. I'm going to want to see, hey, what's going on? It's human curiosity. So when I click on that 
and I start reading the feed and I go back because that's what people do. Okay, where did this all start? What, what's going on here? When I see the company's first two responses where they're trying to reach out to the person and they're trying to be nice and help them out, but the person continually is egging it on and just being nasty, I immediately know what's going on. I already know what's going on. This person is just trying to make this company look bad, and I pay no attention to it. And think about that too, Jessica. We have so much information, and they've talked about this the last two years. There's so much information overload on social media from just everything that I don't have time to deal with this bantering. Yeah, it was intriguing at first, but when I just see it's a it's a hater or a troll just doing his thing, I'm out of there. I got other stuff to do. So really, as a company, don't worry about it. Do not worry about it. Just move on now. Let's cool. So when it comes to the personal side of cyberbullying, I, I still subscribe to the theory of do not engage. Just let them do what they want. And they're really, really bad. And I've had a couple of those where they just, they're relentless. They do not stop. Then that's when I block them. And even then now, again, on a government side, I'm blocking somebody, but I have articulate notes, screenshots. Here's the reason why I'm blocking them. And I'm pretty sure that if we walked into a, a court of law that the judge would say, yeah, this is ridiculous. This, he doesn't need to be exposed to this. But anyways, that's government side stuff. You block them. And then if they want to keep on going – now, here's the cool thing. If they want to keep on going and harassing you, there are laws. Now, I can only speak on the state of California. Uh, but I would venture to say that most states are in line with each other because they're all encountering the same things. And so there are laws out there such as uh, making criminal threats, annoying mm -hmm. or harassing messages. In fact, in California, if you go – you know, it used to be making an annoying or threat uh, – annoying, uh, harassing phone calls. Well, they've amended the, the law to include any electronic device because and, – and before that it got amended, it was, you know, telephone or mobile phones. And what happens is these knuckleheads – Always find some angle around it. So what were they doing? They were sending faxes mm, you know, or, or, or they were sending a text message from a computer. Therefore, they weren't using a mobile device. You know, so finally, the, the state just said, OK, you know what? Any electronic device, period. If you annoy or harass somebody, it's a violation of the law. And then they got wise and they said, OK, well, I'll threaten the person, but I'm going to threaten to harm their dad's car or their brother at school. Uh, okay, mm -hmm. let's go back. Let's rewrite the law that says, no, you can't threaten to <laughs> threaten the person, nor can you threaten to damage their relative's property or person. Mm -hmm. you know, and then uh, – now this is the one that uh, just got rewritten about two years ago, and that was the, um, the revenge porn law because originally it was written – so it, you have boyfriend and girlfriend, and if girlfriend – Gives boyfriend a naked photo of herself, and he they break up, and he circulated that. When the law was first introduced, there was no violation because she gave him the photo. In other words, she relinquished the rights. The the you know she's saying, hey, this is cool. Here it is. Well, as you can imagine, all the idiots out there that the mean things that they do trying to destroy other people's lives and reputations. So the state came right back one year later after that law was enacted. They realized what was going on. They came right back, and now it is, at least in California, distribution of any content of a sexual nature of another person is a violation 
of law providing that the person in the video or photo feels the effects of it, is embarrassed, scared. In other words, you have to have a victim. In any crime, you have to have a victim. Well, right. but So that's a California law. But what if, I mean, but there's all kinds of, because it's cyber, there's all kinds of weird stuff happening where, well, first of all, if you're not in California, that may or may not apply. But also, if you're in California and the other person's in D.C., or if you're, you know what I mean, if you're in D.C., like, how does how do you prosecute when you could be in completely different planets even? Oh, well, that's, um, anyway. so if the victim is in uh, California and the suspect is in, let's say, New York. Yeah. So your victim would go to a California law enforcement agency. And then what they would do is because it's now going federal, you know, then it would it would be forwarded to the feds to pick up the case. Mm. The uh, now sometimes you'll have a suspect. OK, so you're let's reverse it. Suspects in California, victims in in New York. Mm-hmm. So what would happen? First of all, your victim would probably go to the New York authorities. They would contact us here in California, and then uh, we could technically – this is the cool thing is we could technically, if we went, interviewed the suspect, found the evidence, and as long as we have a victim, we're good because he's distributing the material from here in California. So therefore, he meets the requirements of violating so the law. You, so if you're the victim, you go to where the perpetrator is. No, or you try. No. No, you go to your local law enforcement agency and they're because, supposed to go to where the perpetrator is. Well, you, you're not going to find like um, my little department. We're not going to fly. We're not going to fly across the country to not fly, but <laughs> not fly. Um, but, but we will contact that. That's what local I mean. Agency. Go to yeah. as in, you know, verbal. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So, so what if you go to your local police and they're like, Man, it seems like a lot of work because this person's in Seattle, Washington. Um, yeah, we'll let you know if uh, anything comes of it. Thanks. Well, uh, that's when you say, okay, can I have the police report number, please? And when will the police report be ready? Okay. Okay. Because now yeah, that officer is obligated to complete that report and to do submit something. It, to do something. And not right. Nothing. Right. Okay. There's, you know, there, I, I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of times when we have people come in, and this is for all crimes, not just cyberbullying, all crimes. People come in or they'll call the police and they'll tell us what's going on. And either A, it doesn't amount to a crime, uh, or they're not telling us the full story, or they don't want anything done. And so, you know, with the o- amount of overload law enforcement has, if you don't want anything done, yeah, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, but but it's like, Dummies. okay, if you don't want anything done, why did you call us? Why well, yeah, just want to let you know? For? Yeah, we just want to let you know. Uh, okay, <laughs> well we know. Thanks. So Bye. yeah, <laughs> because there's somebody else that needs us, and and I'm also not going to spin, or I shouldn't say I. Law enforcement's not going to spin their wheels tracking down somebody because uh, somebody called another person an asshole on Facebook. We're not going to do that. Heck, if that was the 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 case, do you know how many millions of people would be arrested tomorrow? Right. So right, 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 a lot. And yeah. they, and there has to be a, a certain a level of 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 you taking responsibility for for assessing your own situation and what it entails. Right. It's sort of like right. you you have to figure out you got to get your own balls in a row, and then you have right. to say here here's this. It's sort of like you got to be serious. Now I remember you were talking in one of your podcasts. Um, 
Mike about how I don't know it was you were just saying how there was some guy that was like I don't know like three in the morning or four in the morning and he came in and he was like talking about how his credit cards are, <laughs> were like something and I was stolen or something oh and you were gosh. like why are you here at four in the morning telling yeah. me this and why like who does that who does <laughs> yeah. that stuff yeah. I mean it cracks me up I I know if I'm in bed you know at four in the morning I'm not. I don't go out looking for a cop and, and I don't know how it happens, but they'll find me. I they, they joke they joke at my department like I have a I flip a magnet switch and everybody knows where, where Mike is and here they come. The most bizarre look what happened to us, Elsie. Look what happened to us. Let me tell the story. So I'm on the phone with Elsie and you know, I'm on my break, I'm sitting in my police car, uh we were talking about something and you know, thanks Elsie, really appreciate it. Hang up the phone literally twenty seconds later. I didn't know this. There was another police car that was about 500 yards. It was around a corner, 500 yards away from me, and he had two suspects running from him. And <laughs> so I put the car in drive. I come around the corner, and here's the suspect running right towards me. And he sees me, so now he diverts off to go off another side. I'm like, mm, okay, this isn't going to be too hard because I'll just go to the side street right here, and he's going to come out. Sure enough, here he's coming. He sees me. He looks at me. I said, really, dude? I, I literally said that. I said, really? Where are you going to go? So he runs into this house. Well, we end up going. We end up fighting the guy, bringing him down the ground. Well, here's the thing. He was in a construction area. And, um, you know, you know, when they build these new homes, there's drywall dust. There's there's mud. There's everything. Oh, my gosh. I look like heck. I even oh so I ended God. up sending I ended up sending Elsie a, uh, a picture of, of my uniform just thrashed and, and going from talking to Elsie to uh, <laughs> fight suspects in 20 seconds, uh, you know, but. But yeah, these guys find me. I don't it's know. Pretty exciting don't know. stuff. Your life is exciting. <laughs> I know. From from tweeting one minute to to wrestling. I mean, you know, where else does that happen? Except wow. in the WWE, maybe it happens like that. But I don't know. That's pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, it's a lot more it exciting is. than getting the guy with their credit card stolen at four in the morning because that's just so not exciting. I mean, you should you would think like four in the morning would be like a like a crazier crime, like something, right, you know, right. I don't know. Hey, I think there's a guy breaking into a car around the yeah, corner. Yeah, yeah, no. right? <laughs> and, then they, and then they top it off with this. Okay, I'm going to place this as hypothetical, and I'm going to tie it into what we're talking about. But little pieces of it have happened before. No doubt. We will get somebody that comes in at 3 in the morning. Hi, um, I'm being harassed on Facebook. Okay, what's going on? Well, this guy, you know, look at all these bad things he's saying. Oh, wow, Okay. Uh, I noticed this this happened back in 2014. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it started back then. Okay, and you're in here. Why? Well, he just won't stop. Okay. And then when we start digging and we find that she's got a different or he's got a different account and they've been like slandering this guy and cussing at him and all this stuff. Okay, time out. Hold on a second. You can't just come in when when the game's not fair to you. You can't just come in and, huh. and ask us to be your long arm of the law. That doesn't work. But that happens all the time. Well, but that's the thing with cyberbullying also is that like, okay, let's just say I had a white supremacist podcast, okay? And of course I'm going to get trolls and haters and all kinds of people threatening my life and trying to, you know, and, and having daydreams about killing me in my sleep and stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, like, a, you know, the white supremacist podcasters got to expect that on some level because you're because you're <laughs> right. spewing hate and bothering people and people. 
pissing them off and making them angry. So then the question is, like, how much bullying do we deserve also? Like, I mean, because doesn't your job at some point when you are monitoring cyberbullying simply become like a... Like, when do you start being a cop and stop being like a high school guidance counselor? Like, doesn't, isn't it all you just going, well, you said this though. You told right. him that his mother was a, you told right. him his mother was a French whore. Like, what right. do you expect? Yes, I know. But now he wants to slap you in the face. He threatened me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe you shouldn't have said that. Oh my God. I got to have you come out on a ride along with me. And I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you do the talking though, Jessica. Hey, Jessica, get out of the car and deal with this for me, please, okay? I'd be happy to. But I'm saying, like, you know, your job as cyber bully, like, teacher right. and monitor, even, I think even, I guess, you know, we're interviewing you to, to find out, like, where is the line between this is actual cyber bullying, this is you bothering people, and so now they're going to react, or is there really no line? And so now you're relegated to a career of, all right, well, you don't do that. Okay, well, then you don't say that. Okay, well, then you need to stop. Okay, well, you need to stop. Well, uh, see, that's... <laughs> or were you already doing that in domestic disputes anyway? I mean, let's be honest. There's <laughs> already some form of that, right? <laughs> so listen, here's the, the problem in our profession is we have to go by the law. And people have freedom of speech. And... You know, blah, blah, freedom of speech. Yeah. And and let's talk about, you know, it's funny you mentioned the domestic violence part because we will get onto calls where we have to arrest one of the parties. But what led up to that party slapping the other party is because the other party for the last four hours has been chipping and chipping and chipping and throwing things and destroying the other person's king, the car, like, like, right. Doing things that naturally a human is just going to snap. Especially. Right. But. Your average human. But the domestic violence laws, and that's not my position. That's for the courts to decide. The laws say I'm going to take the violent person into custody. I mean, right. The truth is, no matter what they do to your car, you're not allowed to slap them in the face. It's a car, not a person. Yeah. People have rights. Cars do not. I can see the line there. Yeah. 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 What I can't see is when you aggravate and aggravate and aggravate and aggravate somebody online, a stranger to the point where they may become and possibly test as legally insane. And then when they vow to spend the rest of their lives tracking down and killing you and your family, you know, you've really caused it. It's yeah. like, why don't you just give someone a a poison and then blame them for dying? Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, you're absolutely, this is what we deal with. And one thing I know both of you can relate to, actually, I we're all in the same boat. We're so passionate about social media, about podcasting, about being online. We love it. We absolutely love it. But the minute you infringe upon somebody on social media, correct them, maybe make a comment they don't like. Uh, it's like you opened up the gates of hell sometimes mm-hmm. and, and it's on and you're like, are you serious? I mean, that part I think is okay. Honestly. I think, I just think we've taken supposed it too to expect, far. Yeah. But I mean, I expect some level of that already. I do anyway. 
Like, I don't say things to purposely irritate people, so I don't expect it coming at me. But I expect it on some level in general because it's social media and we're talking to strangers. And you don't really know what you're dealing with. Like, I know it's ridiculous, but people are immature. That's not really news to me. Right. It's the differentiation between, like, calling someone an asshole and threatening to murder their family. Like, is that the line? Is it just when someone threatens to hurt you that becomes against the law, but they can just call you names till their heart's content well, and that's freedom of speech. I mean, cause uh, if that's the line, great. And now I know it, it, the problem is the lines are not, have not been identified that. Uh, okay. yeah, yeah, they haven't. Yeah. Uh, Where do they identify in your mind though? In my mind, me personally? Yeah. You're the one arresting people. Well, yeah. If I look at the totality of the circumstances, it's it's really clear to me though. When I have a victim sitting in front of me saying, Look what this person's saying about me online, and there is absolutely positively no explanation other than you can tell this person has a beef with them, then that is a crime, period. If you're harassing somebody online, that's a crime. But If you're going back and forth with them, engaging and participating in it, okay, I'm going to document this. The probability of this being filed, nah, ain't going to happen. I want to change the subject just a little bit because I have a burning question and I have to know your take on it. I'm married. I don't know how much. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about Kim Kardashian. All right. Okay. Um, I've got got an interesting take on that too, just so you know. All right. Yeah. Let's let's talk about it. In June – In June 2016, I saw her speak at Blog Her in L.A. where she said 80% of her life was online and visible for people to see. And then in October of that same year, she showed off a bunch of jewelry and then was kidnapped and gagged and bound and held in the bathroom while she was robbed at gunpoint. And as a cop, I know this is in France, but let's say it happened here. Okay. Is that a similar situation where as a cyber, um, you know, whereas a person who teaches like what to do and what not to do, if you're a content provider, like how much fault, okay, you're, you're never at, you're never at fault for someone gagging and binding you and hurting you and holding you at gunpoint. You're never at fault for that. Actually, there are some pretty, uh, pretty but good movies about Europe, that, but that's true. But in your opinion, <laughs> In your opinion, do you feel like she was goading anybody who might want to do that in general? No, I don't think she was intentionally goading them. Not intentionally. But should you hang your jewels out the balcony window of your hotel apartment and then not expect someone to climb up the fire escape and try to nab them? Right. I mean, is that what she did? Was she being unsafe? Yes. And and you know what? I wrote down some. So, That's some what of I want to know. This is, this is what I wrote down, like, my my seven that came to mind when I was thinking for this show. Okay. What? Cause there's so many aspects to safety, online safety, but I'm going to tell you as a police officer, the but top now, seven, but I want to know, okay, yes. she was Let's, being unsafe. Yeah. Yes? But yeah, okay. but I want to hear the top seven the for seven? people. Seven. Let's do it. First of all, basic online for content creators, people that are on social media, start simple. You need to do a Google search of your name. Okay. You need to see what is out there. What are people seeing? I know if I type in Kim Kardashian, all the stuff I'm going to see, okay? If there's personal stuff that you don't want there, then you need to start taking action to get that stuff removed, okay? Mm-hmm. If you're a public figure, meaning, again, so the three of us are public figures. Anybody that's doing any type of social media marketing and you're doing it really well and people are starting to latch onto you, this goes back to what I was saying. Don't try to hide 
under publicly accessible, you know, Facebook pages. Like, like if you do a search, uh, for me, you will come up with, uh, you might come up with my personal page, but you ain't going to see nothing or you'll see the, uh, my, my page, not my profile, but my business person's page, officer, Mike Byers. Uh, so don't, you know, don't try to hide like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You need to create a, uh, a Facebook page as a person of interest mm -hmm. for that reason that I've told you about the people that right. are going to start searching for you and looking for information. Uh, now listen, this, this ties right into Kim Kardashian. Do not become a creature of habit. Yeah. You know, if you post every single morning from your favorite gym, your favorite coffee shop with your favorite jewels. Okay. <laughs> right. Um, or your, or at the favorite place you like to go buy jewels. That's really good advice. Okay. Look, if I'm a creeper, I'm going to figure it coffee out. Coffee at Wawa. Yeah. See, I'm going to, I am going to figure it out. Okay. And, and I'm going to start searching. So if you go to Jenny's yoga studio at uh, 8 a.m. on Fridays, all I got to do is start going and doing a Google search and look for the 2,200, 5 million Jenny yoga studio that's open at 8 a.m. on Friday. You know, I'll narrow it down. I'll figure out where you're at. Okay. Mm -hmm. And especially if you're taking the pictures with the jewels on, right. I'm going to know where you go. Okay. Right. Dating website or meetup sites. Now, listen, these things are getting more and more popular, uh, but I want people to think about this. <laughs> if I, if I, contact, sorry, I just thought that was funny that you said more and more popular because my mom actually met a husband and this was like 1995 and she oh, met dude, someone online to marry. I him. used it. I used it back in, more, God, what was how that? could it get more? The only way it could get more popular is people just stop going out period. Right, right. But, but I want to talk <laughs> about something that I don't think anybody realizes. Sorry, go ahead. And, and listen to this one. So if I connect with Elsie online, hey, let's get together. Okay. And Elsie's smart. And she says, you know, I'm going to take safe steps. I'm going to go with a friend and I'm going to meet this guy at a Applebee's or a, you know, you know whatever restaurant in, mm -hmm. in a public location. I'm being safe. Okay. That's cool. You're doing a good job. But me as the creeper, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait for you to get there. I'm going to lay off in the, the layoff position, meaning I'm going to be in a location either inside or outside of the location where you're not going to see me. And I'm going to send you a text message that's going to say, hey, I'm so sorry. I had something come up. My, my dad had surgery. Um, I've got to go to the hospital. I'm so sorry. Can we do this again? Sure. No problem. I understand. Okay. Meanwhile, I'm sitting in the parking lot. I'm watching you walk out. And now I'm going to watch to see what car you get in. And now I've got your license plate and your car description. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to watch where you go. And you're either going to go whatever you're going to go back. To okay. Yeah. The heebie-jeebies start flying. Or maybe, maybe I'm going to watch where you drive. So I know where you live. Okay. So now, now you're a guy that you just met online and you think you're meeting safely at a location. Right. With a friend. And it doesn't even matter that you bring a friend. Doesn't matter. Because I just I just set this whole thing in play, and now I know all I need to know about you. Okay, so oh my God, so uh, yeah. Number six, make sure you turn off your GPS settings on everything in your phone, except except the ones you know, like the weather and your maps. But all the other ones, you, they better be off. Because I'll tell you, all I got to do is I got to go to a. Uh, there's a couple websites out there. All I have to do is take your photo off of 
your social media accounts are anywhere on Google, all I got to do is drag that onto my desktop, then drag it into this software, and it's going to tell me the EXIF, E-X-I-F, data of that photo, and I'm going to find your GPS location that's been stamped on that photo, and I'm going to know where that photo was taken. This is why you should not post photos of where you are till you're not there anymore, I think. Yeah, that's a good call. Or, or just have your GPS settings off. But you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, if you're at an event, that's one thing because everyone's at that event. Or if, like if you're in a hotel, I'm, that's totally different. But I'm talking about like if you're out to dinner, I wait till I'm in the car on the way home to be like, had fun with these girls, but I'm not there anymore. Creepers. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Now, <laughs> yeah. Now, here's number seven. Um, yeah. You got to pick your head up. Listen, cops, this is what we do. Hopefully there's no bad guys listening, but – I'm going to tell you what we do. When I can't look, confirm or deny based just on our watch, audience. Just watch a cop and watch what they do when they're in a restaurant or a coffee shop or anywhere. They're constantly – their head. we call it having your head on a swivel. We're constantly looking around. We're looking at our, our surroundings. Who's in the restaurant? Hey, also, where are the exits? Other than the front door, where are the exits? And also, watch where a cop goes and sits. They will sit with their back to either the wall or towards the back of the location because they want to see exactly who's coming in or who's mm -hmm. approaching them. Same thing can be applied to everybody that loves to do social media and can't put their phone down for more than 10 seconds like myself. Mm -hmm. You need to you, – you know, if you're walking from the car to mm -hmm. the store, put the damn phone in your purse because, <laughs> look, if your head is down – I can do anything and everything to you, and you'll never have a suspect description. You will Oy. not be able to tell the cops because your head's down. So oh, that's me too. You know, get the put the phone in your purse. Look up, and it can wait till you get into wherever you're going. Yeah, but those are my top safety tips. Now let's talk about Kim Kardashian. I just want to say one thing, uh, and I didn't realize this till my wife pointed it out to me a week ago. You know, there are so many people that just hate Kim Kardashian because what this is what they say. And I was one of the people and I said, I don't get this. She does not. There's nothing she does. She, she's not in a, a hundred different movies. She doesn't have like breaking albums every week. The, really? oh, yeah, she's a brilliant social media marketer. That's what she does. Bingo. Bingo. Yeah. So, yeah. you know what? You I know people don't Kim, understand that, but I you do. might hate Kim Kardashian. But you know what? She is mm -hmm. one very smart person. And yes, that, she is. that's what you have to give her credit for. I 100% agree with you. I was just bringing her up because of the social media aspect, how much of her life is online and whether or not that opened her up to a crime such as this to sort of parallel it to our lives as podcasters, especially me. I'm, Monday, I'm off to Orlando to meet um, 500 of my closest friends and, and other podcasters. And I kind of am not... You know, I was kind of hoping to talk to you a little bit about like meeting fans in person and are there precautions to take with that? Like people who are excited to meet you and you're all at the same event, like what, how and what kinds of careful should we be? Okay. Well, if you're going, I'll, I'll tell you, if I was you and you were going to this event, when is it next week? Yeah, but Monday we're, we're going to be yeah. listening to the podcast after we came back. Yeah, people will be listening. I'll already be there being robbed and kidnapped as we speak. So. <laughs> okay. No, just All right. <laughs> well, <kidding>. um, <laughs> you might want to turn on your GPS setting, though, so that we can find <laughs> you then. Um, yes, thank you. So no, um, here's, here's what I found. <laughs> even in law enforcement, 
what I've clued in on now, and we have changed our dynamics with social media and going to public events. And that is this. We now have someone either alongside of us or our own layoff person away from us. So when we go to, we have an event where we call coffee with a cop. We go into coffee shops. We invite the whole community, come down, meet the cops, talk, tell us, tell us what's going on. We'd love to answer your questions, blah, blah, blah. We have someone in plain clothes standing because when our heads are buried in the Twitter feed and we're posting photos of what we're doing or whatever, or we're talking to somebody, our attention is focused on that, not on the creeper or the person that's going to do harm to us that might be standing literally two feet away from me. So my suggestion to you is you need to have a layoff person simply watching you. Okay. Oh my God. That's so yes. cool. But, I love that. I want to have a layoff But it's person. real. We're talking real. I know it's craziness, but look, you're a high profile person. I'm not that high profile. Okay. Well, anybody that has more Am than two I? friends. Are we LP? Dude, we, we could be. I mean, hey. I mean, safety wise, I guess we are, but like. Just ego-wise, I don't feel like that's accurate, I guess. Oh, and, and that's admirable. You know, that's admirable. Um, I'm not ad- trying to be admirable. I'm just saying it feels like now I need a handler. <laughs> it's not that for event. you, though. It's not for you. But look, no. do you know everybody? Do you know every single one of your fans? No. 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 You don't know what kind of records they have. You don't know what, what kind true. of infatuation they have with you. That's true. So... Why not? What What's it hurt to grab a friend or somebody that you do meet there that you trust that you've known for a while and say, hey, listen, will you do me a favor? Uh, we just kind of stand by. Hey, wait a second. This could be a good side gig for me. Okay. <laughs> Got to write this down. <laughs> this is good. Okay. Actually, so, yeah, I don't you know, know if Elsie does this for me, but I, I think people with co-hosts may already have that built in because when do. she and I are yeah. at an event. I don't know if you do it for me, but I know that when I'm at an event with you, somewhere in the back of my mind is always Elsie's location, whether she realizes it or not. I know when she's at the booth. I know when she's speaking in a room. I know when she's gone to grab lunch. I know when she's with me. I know when she's in her room getting ready. Like it's always in the back of my mind and not because not for safety reasons, but just because I don't know, partially because I'm looking now for and partially because I want to know when I'm going to talk to her again. I don't know. Yeah. No, now I know it can also be for it true from you too yeah yeah hey, let me we, ask you a question do you guys do, you, do both of you have 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 you ever had any freaks weirdos creepers any anything that has caused you to go mm, yeah, well, yeah not feeling comfortable totally. okay well let me ask not, you a question. yeah not for me not that i would i'm very obtuse though okay <laughs> so well like fine so like right. if i did have a creeper i'd probably be like hey you want coffee come on over <laughs> like I, <laughs> I, I'm hey, not sounds aware. like a good time, right? <laughs> I'm not really so, always aware of when I'm being stalked. I guess. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, well, look though. Here's my advice to you, though, to to Elsie. Okay, Elsie needs to now compile a sheet of paper with the photos of these weirdos, oh. and she needs to give it to the person that's watching her back. Hmm. And if that person – it's the same thing we all do in law enforcement and Secret Service does. If all of a sudden they clue in on somebody acting a little bizarre, you know, the person that's about you know four feet off of Elsie's left side that's looking in amazement and wonderment <laughs> but is not saying anything, is dressed like just interesting um, – Attire. Attire. Yeah. attire 
in other words, you're cluing in, okay, this person's socially awkward, but they're they're very close to Elsie. They're staring at her, and now you whip that paper and you go, holy crap, this guy is the one that was, you know, whatever, harassing her last year. Okay? <laughs> These are red flags. Mike. Elsie, red he's flags. just setting me up here for jokes. You've never been to a podcasting event, but I can tell you that most of the people there are socially awkward. Uh, oh, wait, hold on, hold on. I got to tell you something. I don't this know would if it... be a very difficult. She'd yes. have a whole notebook full of paper if she did this at a. Let me let me tell you something. I went last weekend to a model train um, <laughs> exhibit because okay. I was a kid. I I've, right. I loved. I thought well, that was cool. Awesome. They, they are. are. Cool. Let me tell you something. When I walked in there and I started looking around. I thought I was at the registered sex offender conference (laughs) (laughs) and I started watching my back, watching my wife's back. I was scared. I was genuinely scared. So I know what you're talking about. Based on hobby. But if you had to don't go to any of these podcasting things because socially awkward is like a required element in order for (laughs) you to show up. Hey, maybe that's even I mean, more. Th- you no, know, that's why they talk behind a microphone, right? They're, you know, a lot of them are no, shy. You know, you're absolutely right. The point being is you have to have somebody watching your back when you're going to public events. Yeah, it's really good advice. Thank you. I'm going to tell you right now, Jessica, if I knew that you were going to be at an event because we've done this podcast, if I knew you were going to be at an event, I am definitely going to come up and approach Jessica. What's going on? Yeah. Hey, I'm Mike. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. How many other people have you had some type of interaction, whether it's a private message, direct message, a public message or whatever? There's lunatics out there, and that's what makes them lunatics, that they'll have that interaction with you online and through a mm-hmm. comment. And now they think you and I or are, 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 them and you are best of friends and we're going to. Yeah, hang out. That ha- now that yeah. happens a lot. OK, that does happen a lot. And even not creepy people. That happens a lot. I mean, they don't have to be kidnappers to feel like they are your best friend. And right. that even though you don't fear for your life, you know, it does happen really often. And it is kind of like, well, what the hell am I supposed to do now? But I mean, in your case, I mean, your expertise is how to stay safe from those people. But yeah, I mean, you also probably could advise people on how like just how to keep your own distance from people who are starting to feel a relationship with you that does not right. exist. Yes, absolutely. You know? And that's that's the problem. It, it, well, it doesn't exist for you. It exists in their minds. Their minds. That's what I mean. It's a non-existent relationship that they're having with you that you're not having with them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so let me tell you real quick about. Um, By the way, I know, make my whole my I make my whole living on that non-existent relationship because that's why podcast advertising works so well. Is because <laughs> the audience good. has this like amazing relationship with the host, and then they'll really they they end up buying all the stuff that the host recommends. And then they get a crazy, it's actually, it works out well for me normally. (laughs) You know, I, I gotta tell you, I can't wait to get to that point. And, uh, our newest podcast, uh, in fact, last night we did a Facebook live so people could see the behind the scenes of us recording for the podcast. Mm -hmm. And I was shocked because we had, uh, like 800, it it reached 889 people, 250 people watched it. And I think Mm -hmm. there was this mystique of, Hey, these cops are on here. Mm-hmm. And what are they talking about? And I think that's going to help us catapult because as far as I know, we're the only cops that actually have the balls to get out there and, and talk to the public. And yeah, probably. Uh, I think that's going to be our marketing, our sales point 
for absolutely what we're doing. well so, absolutely well, well, well you're saying that now give us the scoop on your show uh yes Mike, please. so, so that we, we our can, people can like continue to, to check yeah, it out how do they check you out yeah okay well so we had uh, a, a couple cops and i had started uh back on blab uh we went on we had a live show on thursday nights it was cops on blab and we would just talk about law enforcement issues and primarily about social media stuff. But uh, and then we'd have people come on and ask us general cop questions. I can't tell you how many questions about smoking marijuana we got. In fact, <laughs> we got so many questions about smoking marijuana that we ended up putting a page uh, frequently asked questions on the Cops on Blab uh, website uh, that answered you know the top questions. Especially if this was about when the Black Lives Matter thing was going around and and did we agree with it? All that. Well, crap, and I call it crap because it was asked every single week, and the purpose it was asked was to bait us into an argument. But anyways, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so we started with that. That kind of died out, and then uh, we started uh, the Bolo podcast here, well, in January, and our purpose of that is for fitness, nutrition, wellness for law enforcement, but also a platform for people to come and talk to America's law enforcement officers, ask mm-hmm. us questions. We'll we will, and thanks to the good advice that I got from Elsie, uh, we will we put up a page on our website. Ask us a question; we'll answer it on the air. So we've started to do that, and we're starting to get a little bit more and more traction. And it's just basically a podcast where we talk about the funny things in our profession. We talk about the serious things too, the things that tug on our heart. You know, a lot of people they don't realize we're human. And we're going to make mistakes just like everybody else. And we're also going to feel the pains, uh, the the agony that everybody else does. You know, so we talk about that. And and if there's an issue and if we think one of our colleagues did something wrong and it makes national news, uh, we're going to call it like it is. And because we have no tolerance for somebody out there putting a bad image on our profession. We're working so hard to create good image. Uh, we, we don't have any tolerance for that. So it's all of these factors that we're – we're doing in the podcast and and I'll tell you, we're loving it. We're, we're having a good time. That's great. I know it's fantastic. He's doing, they're doing a very good job to to be able to do, you know, and and it's very, it's a very underused sort of um, platform because as of now, right. I don't know. Have you found any other podcasts that are police officer type? Yeah. I represent one called coroner talk. Oh, well, yeah. (laughs) Coroner. Well, and Coroner Talk is um, forensic. It's for forensic analyzers and death investigators. Um, it doesn't focus on the things that you're focusing on. It focuses on their careers and how to, you know, enhance what they're doing. And it's for people who are in that job. But one of the people I, I think he's going to interview is from Warrior's Heart, I guess, which is a nonprofit that focuses on veterans and people who have mental challenges, mental illness challenges based on the job itself. And it's kind of neat. Right, it's a right. neat show, but no, there's not. There's not a lot of law enforcement shows. No, there are, and the ones and like so. The one you're talking about is is more of a niche. Um, it's a very it's, yeah small, niche. and it sounds like it's more angled for the yes, law for the corners officer. for the law enforcers. Right. Yes. yes. Um, whereas I think we still can hold the title of our show is actually for the public to interact with with us and the cops and. Uh, now I have heard. I know there's a couple other. The problem. The problem with my profession is when guys try to get into this social media or uh, podcasting or live streaming, they need to let the guard down and they need to be human. Okay, nobody wants to listen to a podcast 
Hello, I'm Officer Mike Byers, and today I'm going to talk to you on how to apply to be a police officer. Nobody wants to hear that. He did that really they, well. They, <laughs> <laughs> he, has a, he does have a good radio voice. It's true. What they want to hear is they want to they want to hear, um, hey, I am so glad you tuned in. Let's talk about how to become a cop. Let's talk about it. Listen, step one is okay. That's what they want to hear. So, yeah, I've listened to a, a, a maybe about two podcasts, law enforcement podcasts, and I'm 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 out of there within five seconds. So, yeah, mm. turned he's, off. He's he's trying to shift things up. So, but yeah, um, do you have uh, Mike? Do you have any other little bits and pieces that you think that our audience would really benefit that you have in your notes yes. there that you think yes. that we need to know? Okay. Yes. Absolutely. So let's talk about public information sites. You know what I'm talking about, Elsie? I know exactly what you're talking about because you schooled me on this big time. Yes. Yes. So I'm talking about sites like, and I'm going to run through a little list here because these are like the most popular ones. And yeah. I know everybody's not going to have time to remember it or write it down, but we'll make sure somehow, Elsie, maybe you can put It'll them in the in show, the show notes. notes. Yep. But you have uh, addresses.com, archives.com, benverified.com, intellius.com, pq.com. PeopleLookUp.com, and you know what? There, there's like it keeps on going. There's like eight. Let me see. There's probably about another twelve to fifteen more sites, and they all share and in, in this information gets sold and collected, and they're out there. So it, it, that's why I told you in, in my steps. Hey, go do a search and see where you're listed. First of all, uh, second of all, if you do find the sites that you are listed on, so let's say you're listed on Spokio.com. You can usually scroll to the bottom of those websites and you will see a, a delete me or frequently asked questions. So first place you want to look for is, yeah, the delete me or how do I remove my info page? Second place is frequently asked questions. The next step, go look in the privacy poly, policy or terms of service for the website. And once you find that, you will find somewhere in there about getting your information removed and they'll have a procedure for it. And usually what it, what it entails is please go to, onto our website, find the URL, the, the, the listing link of where your information is, put it in an email to us, and send it to us with a photocopy of your ID so we know it's you and we will remove it. So, so they kind of make it like they, they put it out there how to remove it, but it's somewhat of a tedious step. It's annoyingly okay? – yes, it is. It, it is it, a tedious – some of them is very it, annoying. Mm -hmm. And I have tried to do it and I've, I, I – there's just so many of them that what I ended up doing, and I'm not, this is not an endorsement. I don't get any kickback from them, but it's the company I use is uh, from Abine, A as in Apple, B as in boy, I, N as in Nancy, E.com, Abine.com, and they have a product called Delete Me. And their pricing is pretty reasonable. I have both my wife um, on this plan. I play, pay yearly, and they go into all of these sites. And they request the information be removed, and they do all the work for me. And top of that, uh, they continuously monitor. And I think it's like every three months they'll pop up uh, something like for me to check you know, th their sources. Or they'll send me – no, it's actually they send me an email and say, hey, we noticed that your info popped up again, so we removed it. We just want to give you a heads up. Uh, so – they do a really good job of doing that work for me. And I know there's people out there because I was the same way. I was like, I'm not going to pay to have my stuff removed. Well, then, okay. If you're not going to pay, then either do it yourself or live with it. 
Yeah, and Period. it's and it's really interesting because and and another thing that they have on their website, which is really great, guys, is you guys can start to do it. What that website has done as well is that they created a way for you to do it. So they do give you the out. You know, they say like we can do it for you, or you can do it yourself. Here are all the links to all the different places. Here are all the ways that you need to do it. So they give you right. exact instructions on how to do it. It is tedious. It is time consuming. And, and, I, and again, I'm not selling them for you. I did a lot of this myself. But I think what um, you do end up uh, paying for is your privacy. And I think when you realize the depth, and I think that's what scared me, the depth of the information that you could get on me, I was kind of floored because it was one of those things where if there was a psycho out there that absolutely needed to find where I lived, mm-hmm. they could have done it. And then they are a little bit slow. So it's not like immediate. Like if you live in a specific place and have lived in a specific location, let's say for 10 years or something like that, then absolutely 100%. If I were to search for you, I will find where you live because of these places, period. Um, if you happen to move a lot, they tend to um, not uh, stick to it for, you know, it's not immediate. It usually takes them, I would say, about twelve, six months to 12 months to have optimal uh, information on you. But that's still pretty scary. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Right. It's like even if you move, people can find you and they get like your phone numbers, your exact addresses, the name of your family members and who they are, um, your age, um, almost, uh, yeah, where you work. All of that stuff is there. It's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'd I'd like to talk about uh, one last bit of, I guess, safety for your your podcast listeners. Right, yes. And it's something that a lot of us overlooked until I heard a podcast from Shalene Johnson – Mm-hmm. And when she got she got hacked. Majorly. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so it's password safety. And yeah. I was guilty of it, too. I had one password because, gosh, I can't remember all those passwords, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, But listen, uh, all I've got to do is if I find out your, your password and get in, a lot of people's accounts are all with the same default email, too. Yeah. So, for example, if you sign up all your social media accounts with – Mike at MikeBuyers.com or whatever, you know, yeah, that, yeah. that's mine. All I've got to do is get into one account and I can start resetting right, everything. The, the, the passwords on your accounts. So let, let me talk about this. So first of all, I use a product called 1Password. Again, I'm not endorsed by them. I don't get anything from them. It's I just love the them. product. Yep. I love them. I love them too. Uh, I, I put in 1Password, <laughs> hence the name. And I can create passwords. It'll randomly create passwords for me. It'll save the username. It'll bookmark the, the link. And that way, if I want to go into my Libsyn account, I type in Libsyn in the little 1Password box, and boom. It, uh, it takes me to the website, logs me in, and I'm in. I don't have to remember the password at all. The uh, other thing that I want people to remember is that when you go to the password reset questions, please do not answer. The question. Uh, <laughs> The, the question with an intelligible answer because yeah. it does all I need to do is listen to your podcast and somewhere down the road I will probably find out what high school you went to I will probably find out the name of your first pet I will probably I, I'll dig 
do some digging somewhere else and find out what street you grew up on. And if you notice, these are all the qu- <laughs> these are all the questions in the password reset. They all use yeah. almost the same questions, right? Yeah. Uh, what what city were you were you born in? What city uh, were you married in? Right. So if the question is, what high school did you go to? Put in some answer that absolutely doesn't even correlate. Yep. Orange. Exactly. Red, yep. Yellow. Because you need to take those steps because of all these slim shady characters out there that are trying to find your password. And if you don't believe me, just listen to Shalene Johnson's uh, episode. I don't know which one it was where she talks about how she just got her account got hacked. Hacked. Yeah. And That's I true. think it cost her too. I think it cost her to the tune of, I think she was saying a couple hundred thousand dollars wow. in sales, sales that she lost. So yeah, please protect your passwords. That's pretty nuts. And it's, yeah, that's like one of those huge, huge things. And that's one of the, I don't even know where I learned that, but that I, I do the same thing too with those security questions. I have very, I have hacked that for myself so that I know yeah. what my answers are all the time for yeah. those questions and they don't correlate. So if it says, you know, what high school you attended, you're not going to get, like the answer is not what high school I attended. It's a different right. answer that I know, that I know how to remember that question as yeah. well. That I Actually, just, I love yeah. that. Have you noticed that in one password they let you fill in like you can put extra notes for logins. Oh yeah. Here's, have, here's your security so questions. Yeah, yeah I, love I love that it. stuff. I have all of my stuff in it. I've been using one password for a gazillion years. I, I adore yeah. one password. It's the best thing. Um it is. so we're gonna close it up and I'm gonna tell you something um here. I'm not I don't know if you have learned about this yet, but I actually this just came into my uh attention. This is a um from a, another podcast and they're doing a series that is all about privacy and it's being done by WNYC. Uh, if you go over to, I think, I'm not even sure if they've done that privacy. If you search, guys, pr- privacy paradox, you will find this series. And what they're doing is they started on February 6th of this year for like five days. And they released one little tiny episode every day. It's like a very short episode. And they have you, they're basically going through and interviewing experts in online privacy to the level of, um, you know, things like the metadata inside of your photos, like you're talking about, Mike, or you talked about that, to the kinds of stuff, uh, the cookies when you're surfing um, in encrypted uh, like uh, stuff that you can have online, certain apps and whatnot. And they want people to be more informed about um, the kind of privacy settings you can have. And it's a it's an amazing, an amazing um, series. You could totally listen to it. I know that you'll totally dig it. Um, and what they're doing too, which I think as podcasters we can use, is that they are creating a way to have the audience participate in a, a unique way. Every single time that they put out a podcast episode, they have a call to action, meaning let's all get this app and let's see if you want to use it. Like they, they suggested using Signal, which is an encrypted a messaging app. And what they're right. doing with Signal is they have added a number for themselves. So you can follow them on Signal and have their audience engage on Signal, which I think is a brilliant tactic. Um, they've also done um, things like they give a specific website that they can go see how what their browsers are finding out about them and how to opt out about it. They are, uh, and so every single day they're doing little tiny tasks for people to engage with them, and and their whole thing is that you are informed and that you are able or uh, to make whatever choice you want. So you guys need to go check it out. It's a 
phenomenal series. I am floored by how l- what a great job they're doing. So the privacy awesome. paradox. Yeah, you should definitely check it out. It's gave it's yeah, given me a lot of ideas for um, reaching out to people to talk to, and I know that you'd like to know some of that as well because it's kind of neat. Yeah, um, very cool. Very but cool. um, thank you so much, Mike, for being on the show. Can you tell us like where you can give give us a scoop? Is it thebolopodcast dot com where they can find you? Yeah. Yes, the uh, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, thebolopodcast.com. dot com. You can also follow me personally uh, at iSocialCop. and I used to do a lot of Twitter, but I've really moved and embraced the uh, Instagram thing right now. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so at iSocialCop, you can uh, follow me over there. Awesome. And then Jess had to go. Um, she bowed out a little bit earlier, guys. So she, that's why she's not here right now. But uh, uh, we will come back with our regular scheduled um, podcast in a couple of weeks. And thanks so much, Mike. Hey, you got it. It was my pleasure. Yay! <laughs>